0: So welcome into the Backroads Podcast. This is the Week 9 in Review. We got Week 10 coming up. District Action is in full swing across the state both Division 1 and Division 2. We got a fascinating interview with Kent Scott, an assistant coach over at Jonesboro. You don't want to miss that one. Volleyball, cross country, you name it, it's coming at you right here on the Backroads Podcast. I'm Craig Spear with the Happy Sports Network,
1: and I'm Bobby Brown with Texas 1A Fan.
0: I I feel like there's like, you know, four hours worth of content that we could go into if we wanted to. What a just it's it's that time of the year. Volleyball playoffs, cross country, you got regional coming up. Oh, yeah. The football season is in full swing with strict action going on. And yet you decide to fly off to Pennsylvania.
1: Yeah, well, I went to Reno first. I'm telling you, I've gone through every time zone. (laughs) It's it. I don't know. I might fall asleep while we're doing this podcast. You just never know.
0: Well, Some people say they can just listen to me and fall asleep. So, you know, that that wouldn't necessarily be unusual. But uh, I tell you what, we love to kick the show off with uh, an interview. And do we have a fascinating one coming at you? This is Kent Scott the assistant coach for uh, Jonesboro and coach uh, Eddie Gallegos. And I don't want to give you a whole lot there. We're just going to let you listen to the interviewing and, and let you understand exactly how this guy comes out of nowhere and ends up in six-man football. So we got an interview with an assistant coach at Jonesboro, Coach Kent Scott, who's got an interesting way that he's gotten there to coach for Coach Gallegos because this is somebody who's won a state title in class 3A at one point in time at Prosper. Coach, welcome in this afternoon.
2: Hey, Craig, thank y'all for having me.
0: So we got to start there. Talk about your journey in coaching here because you're somebody who who coaches some smaller schools, ended up at Prosper, and before you know it, you're winning a state title there for what is a really large school now, but was 3A at the time.
2: Well, yeah, yeah, that was kind of a winding road just to get to Prosper. Um, It, uh, Gosh, I don't even know where to start. Uh, I, I got started with uh, a guy named Ross Rogers down at AM Consolidated High School. Coach Rogers just retired from Bryan last year uh, and is in the Hall of Honor. And of course, his coaching tree is pretty, pretty big and distinguished. Uh, guys like Jason Herring, who's down at Refurio, came out of that staff. Uh, Tim Buchanan, uh, who has been up at Alito, was off that staff. Coach Rogers has won a state championship at Consolidated. Uh, Lee Fedora who's at A&M Consolidated, but uh, won a title down at Navasota. Um, so uh, a really good good, good group of folks to learn from and was blessed to get hooked up with them. Um, spent a few years as an assistant, bounced around a few different places in the state and got my first head coaching job up at Rawls, uh, just outside of Lubbock. Was out there for three years and then went down to East Bernard and was there for two and then was fortunate to, land that job at Prosper and uh, that was just a just a crazy growing place. Prosper was when I got hired in two thousand six, we were going from uh, of course it was the old UIL classifications, but going from two A to three A. Uh, and in the nine years that I was there went three A to four A to five A. We went from about five hundred kids in the high school to about twenty five hundred by the time I left. And and we were we were fortunate enough to win a title in two thousand eight, beat La Vega. Um, with a really really uh, neat group of kids um, and then after 2000 to 2014 season after those nine years at, at prosper i got out of education it, not it, sure where you want me to go from that i i can tell you i went into the business world i spent two years at classic Chevrolet and grapevine as a sales manager uh, there's a story behind that too that you probably don't have time for um, but then after two years there i got found by a recruiter uh, with State Farm on LinkedIn uh, and had an opportunity to move back home to Gatesville, which is about 15 miles from Jonesboro, uh, to, to take over State Farm office there and was selling insurance. And Matt Dossie, who's the superintendent at Jonesboro, Matt and I were old high school buddies. Both of us had graduated from Gatesville. Uh, my family, we were moving in from Metroplex. I live kind of in between Gatesville and Jonesboro on a couple hundred acres. When I was growing up, and of course, now the place that we live on is in Jonesboro ISD, my little brother and I transferred into Gatesville because my mother taught there. And so when we brought our daughter down, we just gave her the choice. She could go to Gatesville or if she wanted to go to Jonesboro, we let her decide and um, went and visited both schools. Uh, my wife and I really felt like she would choose Gatesville because it's as big a difference as it would be leaving Prosper, which had grown to over 3,000 students in the high school. Uh, At that time, uh, we felt like Gatesville, she probably picked that just because it would be closer to what she was leaving, and she decided she wanted to to go to Jonesboro. And the day, it was uh, August of last year, I was sitting in the office, going to meet my wife and daughter over there to enroll her, it was just a week or two before school started, and Mr. Dossie called, and uh, he started asking what my wife was going to do, if she was going to help in the insurance office or if she had any plans and i told him that she was certified to teach and he starts talking about teaching positions and i'm thinking i'm fixing to land my wife a job and he said it was teaching elementary pe and i thought well she might do that and he said and then it's it's coaching cross-country girls basketball and track and i stopped him and i said matt I, you know my wife would probably do the elementary pe and and she likes that age group uh, but i said she's really not built to coach i don't think she'd do that and he said, well, I'm not talking about her. I'm talking about you. And I started <laughs> laughing at him. I said, man, I ain't, you know, I'm not coaching any girls sports. I, I've been a head football coach for 15 years and had not coached girls since I was an assistant at Alvarado. Uh, and he, he said, he said, no, oh, don't tell me. No. He said, just go home and pray about it and, and let me know. And so I went home talked to my wife and daughter. It was a good, good, good deal for, for me and for our family last year. And, so I went ahead and stuck with it, and uh, it's really been a blessing. It's been like a breath of fresh air. I feel like I'm back to my roots, and um, so many I think so many things in high school athletics, get it, it's just not what it ought to be, especially when you start getting into, into those larger schools. And being in a small school where high school athletics is really about what it ought to be about has been a blessing for, for all of us.
0: What a fantastic journey there, and that lots of questions I could ask you. I won't take all your time this afternoon, but I'll follow up a couple of questions here. So, you know, you talked about in the the big time growth at Prosper and how big that school grew. You went a state title there, and yet now you find yourself in Jonesboro, and you talked about what a breath of fresh air that is. What what is the biggest differences that you have seen between coaching at a big school like Prosper? and now coming to Jonesboro as an assistant coach?
2: Well, I, you know, athletics is athletics, and kids are kids no matter where you are. I think the biggest difference, I don't want to say it's, it's all parents, but the focus when you get into those larger schools, it's like there's been this trickle-down. And just to talk to you about football, you know, the trickle-down from the NFL to college to high school where those larger schools, I, I spend a lot of time recruiting, trying to help kids get recruited. Uh, A lot of the kids, their focus was on, it wasn't on their their high school team. It was on, what can I do to get to the college level? And um, I think they're really good players, really good athletes in smaller schools that a lot of times don't get the recognition they deserve. But the focus for those kids, I've not heard one kid say anything about being recruited. And to to be around a group of young men and young women that just want to compete, just want to go out and and have fun and do things for, for their teammates and for their school. Uh, it's again, I'm not trying to, I don't want not talking bad about big schools, but it really was for me. It was I, when I got out at Prosper, I was ready for a break and I didn't think I'd ever get back in. Um, and initially had done that to, I really felt like I was helping Matt out of a bind. Um, but it's been such a good deal for us that, uh couldn't ask for a better place or a better group of folks to work with and work, work around.
0: Talk about that change from 11-man to 6-man. How much fun has it been to go into almost a, a different type of realm of football and try to apply some of what you, you knew in 11-man and help Coach Gallegos out there with the Eagles?
2: Shoot, I don't help that guy. He helps me. I learn something from him every day. <laughs> Coach G and his staff do a phenomenal job. Uh, I'm just excited that, that they, they let me kind of hang around and uh, let me watch and let me learn. Um, it, uh, it, you know, and I don't know if he'd mentioned this to y'all. It's kind of a funny story. When I got the, the job out at Rawls, uh, they, had, they were on a 17-game losing streak. It was not a very good job. Uh, they'd not had, we were 2A at the time. Of course, everywhere in West Texas seems like declining enrollment. Uh, and so it was starting to shrink even then. Uh, but they've not had, an, at the 2A level, had not had a JV football team in two or three years. And I popped off in the interview, of course, I was 29 years old. I popped off and said, no matter what happens, we'll have a JV team next year, even if we have to take some and play an outlaw six-man schedule. Well, lo and behold, we ended up with about nine freshmen. They didn't have any business playing on Friday night. and We played a little outlaw six-man schedule that was back in 2001 we went and played uh, I think bobby i saw that you're from jayton we went over to jayton and went to spur uh and the kids had a really good time it uh i you know i don't know that football's football it's blocking tackling throwing catching um it is uh i think i had kind of a misconception that it was this wide open chunking the ball around and and for some folks it may be but to watch coach coach Gallegos and those Jonesboro guys it is a physical physical game um and it's fun to watch those guys every friday night
1: it definitely is yes i'm from jayton and man i wish i remembered that but you know that was in my <laughs> i'm not watching six man uh phase i guess but i've gotten out of that thank goodness uh, what do you enjoy the most about the six man game?
2: Oh, I think it's just awesome that everybody's got a chance to catch the football. I mean, sometimes the hardest thing is an eleven man guy is to get get offensive linemen to to sell out when they're not ever going to have a chance to touch the ball. And uh, for those guys in six man to know that you've got a chance to to catch pass on any given down, I think that's I think that's awesome.
1: <laughs> it is definitely.
0: Now, Coach, you're somebody who's actually coached in the past. um, At least I know one uh, player, Davis Webb, who made the NFL. Have you been able to keep up with uh, players like that? And what's it like to coach special athletes like that?
2: Oh, gosh. Uh, Well, it's kind of like me learning from Coach G. I'm not sure if I coached Davis or if Davis coached me. (laughs) Um, You know, we did. And that group that Davis graduated with was a really talented group. Uh, Torrey Hunter Jr. Uh, plays major league baseball now. He was, he graduated that year. Uh, he's got a brother named Mon Shadrick that money, I think is still playing in the Canadian football league. We were blessed with a few of those, a few of those guys that came through at different times. Even the, uh, first couple years I was at Prosper, we had a tight end named Taylor Thompson that went and played a, a few years with the Tennessee Titans. But the, uh, those guys were fun to coach, but I tell you that going back to that group that we won a state championship with, uh, on paper that may have been the worst group that we had the whole time I was there. And as a coach, I think the most rewarding thing is when you you don't have those standout talents like that. When you see a group of young men that are just completely and absolutely unselfish and pull together and just will themselves to win, I, that's that. Those are those are the things that stay with you.
0: Now, one of the things that Coach Gallegos told us, and one of the reasons he 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 kind of, you know, said, hey, you might want to interview Coach Scott here is he says he learns something from you every single day. Now, you said you learn <laughs> a lot from him, but you know, he said he learns something from you every single day. You are somebody who's been in the trenches for a long time. Well, what is what is some of the advice you've been able to pass on to somebody like Coach Gallegos?
2: Oh, my gosh. i
0: that's a tough question.
2: I'm really not sure what he's learned from me. He may, he may be learning what not to do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. I, you know, Craig, I think uh, – I, I don't know if I was a very good coach. I, I'm, I, I really don't. I think that if, if I were to point to anything that I did really well, I felt like I hired really good people and I got out of their way and I let them coach and and I think coach Gallegos does the same thing I I, I, he may not tell you that he may not think we're a lot alike but I think we are in a lot of ways
1: how does your daughter like Jonesboro
2: absolutely loves it if I told her we were moving back to Prosper I think she would I'd have a mutiny on my hands um small school settings been really good for her she's been able to do and participate in a lot of things that um, just because the size of school, she probably wouldn't have been able to do at Prosper. Um, as soon as we got here, she was uh, she was in the homecoming court, uh, played powder puff football. She's on the girls' basketball team. Uh, she ran track last year and was a regional qualifier. I, you know, she got my athletic ability, so she's not <laughs> not 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 stellar, but uh, <laughs> but she's able to do and compete just because the numbers are are not the same.
1: Oh, I
0: love that. That's but it's good. been good.
2: Got got a good group of friends that I think take care of her, and uh, it, it's really been a blessing for us.
0: Well, Coach, we do appreciate you joining us this, this afternoon. Like I say, we could probably keep you on here for hours and and just pick your brain. Yeah, uh, <laughs> what, what what a lot of fun! But uh, we do appreciate you. Not only joining us, but joining the six-man land. Coach Gallegos, very, very complimentary of you. And we just love to have uh, have you in our, our community in six-man land. But uh, do appreciate best of luck to the Eagles. Big one coming up Friday night. You guys take on May. That's a talented team. And uh, that should be a heck of a battle between those two schools.
2: Yes, sir. I think so, too. I, and I sure don't want to give May any bulletin board material. But uh, I think Coach G's got a good group of young men. Um, if I can just make a plug for Jonesboro, i Matt Dawsey's as fine as superintendent as I ever worked for. Uh, Kendra Byram, our, our, um, our high school principal, uh, does a fantastic job. Uh, and the, the staff and the administration of Jonesboro is phenomenal. And for you and Bobby, I would just say I think it's incredible what y'all are doing for 1A sports, not just football, but the cross country and the basketball and being able to keep up with all of it um, and, and providing some publicity for those schools, because it doesn't matter whether you're at 1A or you're at 6A, it's, in, it's important to those kids and those families, those parents, those coaches, um, and the service that you all provide, uh, the 1A community, I think is phenomenal.
1: Well, thank you very much. We, that's exactly why we do it, and it's definitely our passion.
0: Well, thank y'all again. Thank you, Coach. Well, I got to tell you, Bobby, what a fascinating story that brings uh, Coach Scott to Jonesboro.
1: Yes, definitely. I love those kind of stories, though, because you never know who's going to end up in six-man football in the 1A communities.
0: No, you, you definitely don't. And, and the one person who's probably as happy about it as anybody is Coach Guy angles there in Jonesboro. And, you know, it's not like he doesn't run a good program anyway. And, hey, guess what? Let, let's add somebody else like uh, Coach Scott in there and just to help you out
1: yeah that's never a bad idea
0: that it's not well let's get into it it is district action in full swing every district in play now that we're into week nine uh so many of the districts in class 1a both division 1 and division 2 have four teams each so uh, they got started this past weekend we're going to go at it a little bit different since it is at district time and we're going to start looking at this from district 1 to District 16, Division 1, and Division 2. We're going to hit some of the highlights in there for you and go at it that way instead of hitting the top 10 now that we're in district action. We'll start in the uh, great uh, top of Texas uh, in the Texas Panhandle as far up as you can go, and that is Miami and Follett doing battle. This was a Thursday night game, and I'll be be honest with you, Bobby, Miami's up 28-22 at halftime, and I'm going, what in the world is going on?
1: Yeah, that, that was a little of a, a surprise. I was watching that score, and it just – I I couldn't imagine what was going on. Actually, I thought someone put the score in incorrectly. <laughs> I, I really thought that. But, but no, it uh, looks like Follett uh, had to come from behind.
0: That they did. Follett had a 30-point scoring surge in the third quarter to come out ahead in this one. Uh, final score was 60-46. to 46. Shane Franks, 102 yards, rushing and two touchdowns. Ventura decided, I'll carry it three times and go 78 yards, two of those for touchdowns. He also had a kickoff return for a touchdown. And Oscar Torres, 19 tackles in this ballgame and a sack. For the Warriors, Hayden Thompson, 17 of 23 through the air, 403 yards passing and four touchdowns, 82 yards on the ground. Micah Henshaw Luke Wheeler, 11 receptions combined for 169 yards and three touchdowns. And when you look at this district, it's really a balanced district. I think Fall considered the favorite, but Miami, White Deer, McLean all right there, kind of bunched together, trying to figure out who's coming out. And that showed up Friday night. McLean defeats White Deer 50 to 48. Uh, McLean scores with 2.11 left in the ballgame. White Deer gets the ball back. They drive down to the McLean 11 yard line. They hand it off to Hunter Atwood, the sophomore who had over 200 yards rushing in this game. Gets the ball uh, taken away from him. McLean's got it inside the five. White Deer still had two timeouts in 52 seconds. They ended up having to run a fourth down play with nine seconds left. Alex Ratana steps out of the end zone with 1.2 seconds left. So they go with the uh, uh, free kick. White Deer catches it, immediately falls to the ground. But guess what? The 1.2 seconds that was on the clock disappears, and McLean wins it. Uh, It was it was tight. And it's my understanding. It got a little little raucous there at the end. But uh, (laughs) the referee said, no, one point two seconds goes off of the off of the board. And McLean wins it 50 to 48 in that ballgame.
1: Well, you know that there was some loudness going on in that stadium.
0: Oh, you you know that that's two towns that they don't really like each other anyway. So, no, they
1: always go at it every single year.
0: Well, speaking of going at it, number eight, Happy and Nazareth doing battle in District 2 1A. And the eighth ranked Cowboys come out on top of this one 40 to six. It was a blood and guts type of ball game, just as you would expect. You know, I, I looked at this game, and one of the things I figured up is I think there were eight of the 12 starters on the field were six foot or better most of those six foot one six foot two and taller it's just a bunch of big kids on the field and they got after it uh the cowboys were up 16 to nothing at halftime they only ran 13 plays in the first half an ill-advised blocked punt uh to start this ball game unfortunately nasra kicked it into the backside of one of their players quay hodges scoops and scores for uh this touchdown for the cowboys Happy gets an interception, goes back down, makes it 16 to nothing. That's kind of where we're at at halftime. Third quarter, it became the Trice Johnson show. Uh, Johnson finished with 137 yards rushing and three touchdowns. Also had 10 and a half tackles and an INT in this one. And Jimmy Reyes, an INT and a huge fumble recovery. Luke Schulte was trying to go in in the second quarter. And Reyes literally stripped the ball out of his arms at about the five Yard line as Schulte was uh, jaunting towards the goal line, so a big turnover there from Reyes and the Cowboys win this one. Schulte finishes with 102 yards on the ground and a touchdown. Nazareth averaged less than uh four yards a carry or, or play in this one. They had 100 and 192 yards of total offense on 59 offensive possessions. So that Cowboy defense really tough, but uh, Nazareth doing exactly what they do, and that is grind the clock out this game Bobby was over uh in about an hour and 40 minutes
1: oh wow that's that's a very quick game especially <laughs> as brutal as I mean all those big bodies shoot
0: yeah it, it was well- something. It was wild. So happy wins it 40 to 6. Uh, Claude in a thriller comes back and beats Will Dorado 30, uh, 36 to 30. Over in District 3, another big game. It seemed like all the big games were up in the panhandle this weekend. Spring Lake Earth, boy, they just demolished Petersburg 61 to 16. Petersburg coming off that big win over Crest. Now Spring Lake Earth uh, gets the big win over Petersburg. And I tell you what, the Wolverines. We haven't said a whole lot about them, but uh, they sure look poised to take that District 3 1A title after that victory. And Kress uh, coming off of that loss defeats Lorenzo 45 to nothing. I did find out Kress lost a starter to an ACL injury, as well as another starter was out in that Petersburg game. So that was big, but hey, congratulations to Petersburg. Last week, Kress bounces back. Now Kress is going to have to beat Spring Like Earth to have a shot for the playoffs in this district. Down to District 4, uh, a game that was uh, going on Thursday night. At Knox City all over Vernon Northside, 64-8. Tristan Baxter, 43 yards on the ground and two touchdowns. Bryson Calloway, 4-5, 128, and three scores. They held Vernon Northside to 26 yards of total offense. So that brings up another huge game. The Spur Bulldogs and the Valley Patriots doing battle. And Spur comes out on top in this one, 62-50. Valley was up at halftime by 6 but Spur outscores them 30-6 to six in the second half. Corey Hamilton, 18-cares, 132 yards and two touchdowns for the Patriots. Adrian Valdez, 115 yards rushing and two touchdowns. I think the key in this game, from what I understand, is Valley lost another starter to injury, and that was uh, kind of the the turning point in this ballgame. So I knew it was going to be really, really close, but that injury, I think, uh, really swayed things, and the Bulldogs took it to them in the second half.
1: They sure did. Uh, I was getting updates from that game from Corey Hamilton's mother, Brandy, and she said at one point she felt like she was going to throw up. And I I understand that because as a mother of a player in the past, I have felt that way. So, you know, I got to give a shout out to moms because in games like that, mom's nerves are just right there on the edge. (laughs)
0: You know it well. I can promise you, a, a, a broadcaster's nerves are on the edge too. But <laughs> we've talked about that before. <laughs>
1: but let's go in.
0: Let's go into Region Two, District Five, Whiteface and O'Donnell pickup wins. Uh, for O'Donnell, they defeat Meta sixty-nine to thirty. Eufemio Ortiz seventeen carries, two hundred three yards, and a touchdown. Caden Hernandez, 18 carries, 179 yards, and six touchdowns. O'Donnell simply runs away from the Broncos in that one. Over in District 6, it was Buena Vista over Fort Davis, 46 to 21, and Van Horn with an easy victory over Marfa, 52 to nothing. Bryce Ferdell, three carries, 76 yards, three touchdowns, a passing touchdown, which we'll talk about. And then uh, Joy and and Kondo, I'm going to mess this up. We're gonna call him Joy. I don't know how you say his last <laughs> name for sure. Uh, three carries, 65 yards in a touchdown. But you talk about that passing touchdown. Let us know exactly how that came out there with Bryce Ferdell.
1: Yeah, well, Coach uh Tyrell from Van Horn texted me and sent me a, a video of this one play. And they had they had practiced that play the day before. And Coach Tyrell was just joking. And said, "Oh, you know, just use a basketball pass." And so, in the game, when they ran that play, Bryce got covered up really quickly, but then he used the behind-the-back pass to Elijah Gaines, and Elijah took off and scored a touchdown. Uh, it was great. <laughs> I've got the video up on the pad, uh, the podcast webpage, so go look at that. It's pretty cool. And uh, Coach Tyrell said he couldn't be too hard on Bryce, seeing as he suggested it the day before. So uh, the video is fun to watch, and we have it up on the webpage. So go take a look at that.
0: That is crazy. and The ShortHorns are going really. Are you are you kidding me? That, that's how you're going to score a touchdown?
1: Oh, they had him in the backfield, and Bryce said "whoop" and did the behind-the-back pass, and Elijah was there waiting for it.
0: That is just absolutely crazy down to district 7, uh one of the uh, toughest districts in the state. Borden County all over Sands 47 to nothing in ranking takes out Grady 46 to nothing. Barrett Jackson 114 yards on the ground and two scores. Blake Wise, boy, he's got some great stats this year. 6 to 7 164 yards and four touchdowns as the uh, fifth ranked Red Devils pull out the shutout over Grady. In Let me
1: let me let me talk about something right fast. I saw this this morning in between flights trying to get back to Lubbock. Um, when Sands and Borden County play, you know uh, Coach grumbles and uh, Trey and Bubba, they're all really good friends and they play they play golf together a lot and they go on trips together. Well, um, Coach grumble's son Zach is a senior and this was the last home game. so he made up the sixth senior and he got to run two football plays one in which he scored and i don't think there was a dry eye in the house i know when i read it and i watched the video i even shed a tear um so shout out to zach grumbles for getting that touchdown and you know it's great to have wonderful friends you know you coach against each other but you know ty keith is over there as well and and they just lift each other up, and I just love that.
0: That's awesome. Just another testament to how close the six-man community is, especially when you talk about coaches, and we have coaches talk about that all the time. Uh, also in that district, Garden City, the third-ranked Bearcats and Coach Jones, uh, resting up that foot of his, and uh, they were off this week. So uh, no wins or losses there for the Bearcats. In District 8 in Region 2, it was Westbrook, Oliver Hermley, 62-14. to 14. Still no Cedric Ware there for the Wildcats, but they didn't need him. Grayson Jeffrey, 127 yards on the ground for touchdowns. Peyton Dominguez says, hey, I can do more than play defense. I can run the ball. Six carries, 83 yards, and two scores. And then Ira all over Roby, 48 to nothing. Brighton Partain, 155 yards and four scores. Also had a 32-yard touchdown pass. And Brendan Fawcett doing his best there for the Lions. 14 carries, 72 yards, 6 of 18 through the air, and another 65 yards. And also in that district, uh, Highland in a high-scoring affair with Rotan, wins it 88 to 62 don't you know the refs and everybody were really really tired in that ball game cooper bowen 213 yards rushing three touchdowns he also had 85 yards receiving another three touchdowns so six total there for bowen and braxton smith eight of 15 163 and three touchdowns and for the yellow hammers i just had to say yellow hammers it sounds cool jordan daniel 24 carries 175 yards and a touchdown and coach means son cody means 17 to 24 through the air 207 and four touchdowns
1: you know, uh-huh. Rotan was ahead in that game for a long time.
0: Well, that's that's a back and forth. It, you know, it's kind of funny because we haven't seen just a ton of high scoring affairs this year. Seen a lot of games in the 40s and the 50s, maybe even uh, approaching the 60s. But for both teams to get over 60, we just haven't seen a whole lot of that, which is kind of funny because that's what everybody thinks happens in six man.
1: Oh, I know. And, you know, that game went until after, I think it was 1030 when it was finally over. I mean, that was a three-hour game.
0: And Happy and Azure were done at
1: 845.
0: Yeah. Or something.
1: You just never know what you're going to get when you go to a six-man football game.
0: No doubt there. Let's move down to region 3 and district 9 and one of those funny scores there was a lot of this going on. Uh, Gordon the Longhorns 10th in the state take out Lingleville 54 to 4. Yes, 4. Lingleville kicks a field goal in this one and uh, that was a common score several times across the state and we'll we'll cover all those and Gorman overbeared 54 to 8. And uh, also in that district Bryce in the Cowboys, they break them up. They're playing well they defeat parent went 72 to 48 district 10 it was union hill and saint joe doing battle and uh, coach Bragdon really has the bulldogs playing well jake bass 240 yards rushing and five touchdowns in this ball game as they beat saint joe 61 to 16 Devin espinosa also had two carries 98 yards two touchdowns that's efficiency he also had two ints one of those a pick six so Pretty much he said, hey, if you put the ball in my hands, I'm going to score. And that's what Devin Espinosa did three out of four times in this game. Also in that district, a shout out to Coach Pritchard, the Campbell Indians with a big win over Savoy 49 to nothing. And uh, always fun to uh, read uh, Coach Pritchard's analysis the next day is uh, he's just he is all bought in down there. And it is it is fantastic to see.
1: It really is. Uh, He was so excited. And, you know, they're they're trying to get out of that district and they've got some they got a long road to hoe, but I believe that they may just get it done. We'll see.
0: It's very possible. Uh, down to a District 11 there in Region 3. Uh, Milford, no problem with Avalon 52 to 6 and the Blum Bobcats all over the three way Braves, not the four way or the two way, but the three way Braves, 78 to 26. District 12, where the Abbott Panthers sit number two in the state. No problem with the Yellow Jackets from Coolidge. Only gave up the Yellow Jackets 60 yards of total offense and winning it 48 to nothing. Riley Sestala, five carries, 87 yards, two touchdowns, six tackles. Coach Crawford said, have a seat next to me. I don't want you to get hurt. Mason Hill, three carries, 44 yards and a touchdown. And Penelope all over Aquila, 70 to 24. District 13, Region 4. And I got to tell you, Region 4 is going to be A lot of fun when we get to the playoffs. In District 13, Arion County takes out Robert Lee, 58 to nothing. Two weeks ago, Robert Lee was under, three weeks ago, Robert Lee was undefeated. Now they've lost two uh, uh, matchups there in a district play. Arion County, Trevin Kofel, six of eight, 125 yards, three touchdowns through the air. Also had a rushing touchdown. And Jordan Harrison, 40 yards in the ground, two touchdowns. And Bo Morrow, his favorite target, 68 yards through the air and uh, three touchdowns. Braden Sherwood, therefore, the Robert Lee Steers, 17 carries for 37 yards. Also in that district, Menard, all over very best, 54 to 8. Moves us to District 14, where two top 10 teams sit, and that is the May Tigers and the Jonesboro Eagles. Jonesboro was on by this week, but the May Tigers were in action and no problem with the Mountaineers, not from West Virginia, but from Santa Ana. They went at 60 to 14. It wasn't a good day for Mountaineers or a good weekend for Mountaineers as uh, West Virginia takes it on the chin from Texas Tech as well. Uh, Braden Steele in this game. I think Craig Steele kneels him. Uh, six carries, 140 yards and four touchdowns, 42 yards receiving and another touchdown. 11 tackles he drove the car home and told his dad i'm going to bed i've done enough for you tonight i'll see you tomorrow landon cheatham in this game also 64 yards rushing and two touchdowns on only five carries uh, and also in that district Lamita and avant uh, Lamita wins it 60 to 12 so and we're going to get to it in, in the games coming up in may and jonesboro do battle next week bobby Ooh. what a ball game that should be
1: oh i can't wait that's going to be great. That's going to tell us a lot, Craig.
0: I, it, it will. I think it will tell us a whole lot. I, I will tell you, I got people in my ear telling me, May is as good as they've ever been. And that is a scary, scary thought. And Coach Gallego says, yeah, no, they, they're they're awesome. Don't talk about us. That's the way we like it.
1: Oh, I know those those coaches over there don't like us to talk about them because then we put a big old target on their back.
0: <laughs> exactly. Uh District 15, they're in region four. Leverage Chapel over High Island 69 to 6. And Chester defeats Burkeville 64 to 18. In District 16, it was Lakey over McDade, 73 to 52. And Oasis Canyon, and Coach Fletcher picks up a victory 53 to nothing over the Prairie League Indians. So there's a look at Division One. No huge upsets in there. Some really good games though. And as we get through this uh, district, uh, district action going through there, you're gonna see some more big uh, games matchups like the May Jonesboro one. There's one coming up in District Seven. I cannot wait to see, uh, but uh, that's still a couple of weeks down the road. It is. Let's go. Yeah, let's go down to Division Two and District One. Silverton Groom uh, both did battle last week. Groom with that big time win. So uh, they took on their uh, division opponent district opponents in this one Silverton no problem with darezette 52 to nothing and groom all over Headley 68 to 19, and district two, last buddy beats cotton center 46 to 36 and Amherst. They struggled, but they went it over hard 30 to 22. And I haven't seen a whole lot about the Bulldogs other than following their scores. I think that's a pretty good bulldogs team that might surprise some people in the playoffs.
1: I think it is too because uh, last year I was I was pretty impressed with them and they didn't have a lot of seniors, so I was I've been kind of looking for them to to rear up there and looks like they may have the lead over in District Two.
0: Yeah, and well, and when you talk about District Two though, the Whitetail Panthers sit there, uh, so Whitetail and Hamhurst. Well, that that is that's going to be a pretty tough one-two combination uh, to face off against in the playoffs. Whitetail ranked number five in the state.
1: Definitely.
0: Yeah, District 3, Balmeray takes out the Vaqueros of Sierra Blanca, 52 to nothing. And Sanderson over Grand Falls Royalty, 61 to nothing. Balmeray and Sanderson coming up here before long. That should be a good one as well. Uh, Also in that district, Dell City defeats the Lubbock Titans, 1 to nothing. A uh, pinch hit home run in the bottom of the ninth does it for the Cougars. Actually, it was a forfeit game, so Dell City wins that one. It is baseball season, though.
1: Oh, you're right it is
0: (laughs) district four there in region one loop over wilson 49 to nothing klondike had a non-district game as their game got uh, canceled so they took on san marcos academy and coach de and reed uh, makes the long trip down there and they uh they make it uh, victorious 84 to 38 region two and district five uh, the six ranked Jaden Jaybirds found their hands full with the Motley County Matadors, 59 to 50. They win it. But I got to tell you, Bobby, Motley County's had a tough season, but it just seems like that team is getting better and better each week. And you can't just at the first of the season, it seemed like teams are blowing them out. And now you better show up to play or they're going to beat you.
1: Oh, yeah. These two teams, Jayton and Motley County, both had a brutal schedule pre-season you know pre-district and so you know I was just waiting just waiting because that game if nothing else just all heart and it was at Motley County this year so um, that's a hard place to go in to play and uh, you know the Jaybirds had their hands full they but they came out on top
0: they did so uh, I would imagine they'll stay there in that top 10 Also in that district, Guthrie beats Patton Springs 62 to 50. So two really good games there in District 5. District 6, it was the total opposite. The seventh-ranked Paducah Dragons wipe out Chillicothe 74 to nothing. And Benjamin beats the Herald Hornets 62 to nothing. So uh, Paducah and Benjamin, (laughs) boy, they just uh, make mincemeat of their opponents in both of those games and uh, just total opposite of what we saw in District 5. District seven, rule over Paint Creek 57 to 12. And Throckmorton, Coach Hans gets a victory 50 to nothing over the Woodson Cowboys. Uh, on to District eight, it was Goldberg over Forestburg, 79 to 33. And a game that we talked to uh, Coach Archer about last week, Newcastle, the Bobcats on the road to take on Dwayne Lee and his strong Greyhounds. And the Bobcats, Bobcats come out victorious in this one 70 to 36. Coach Archer says, give the ball to that young man named Isaac King, and we will sh- we will do good. It's exactly what happened. 317 yards rushing, six touchdowns, 12 tackles. Ty Strawbridge, another 91 yards rushing, two touchdowns, and 10 tackles. And he talked about that two-headed monster he's got in those two, and they come to play for him, and the Bobcats with a big win on the road against Strawn.
1: Yeah, that – you know – the The score doesn't really tell the whole story of that game. I mean, you know, the first half was pretty good half. Then you get into that second half, and I don't know what those guys say at halftime, but pretty sure it's it's pretty motivational because they came out; those Bobcats came out ready to play.
0: Well, they get a big victory there in District Eight, Region Three, and District Nine. Oakwood over Trinidad, fifty-seven to twelve. The one disappointment I have out of this ball game. I didn't get an update on Zach Nickerson and uh, to see how he did in this ballgame. I'm sure he rushed for four or 500 yards and had 77 touchdowns. And uh, I'm kidding, but uh, <laughs> really wanted to see his stats in this one as he has racked up a lot of yards and touchdowns on the season, approaching, if not already over 50 touchdowns on the year. Uh, also in that district, it was Fannendale in a close one over Apple Springs, 55 to 48. District 10, Mount Calm over corporal 54-40. to 40. And Morgan the Eagles take out Bynum, 49-22. to 22. And uh, Coach Avila sends us these stats just because he wants me to say this. E.J. Avila, 14 carries, 176 yards, three touchdowns, 131 yards through the air, and two touchdowns. No, he doesn't like to send it because he's bragging on his son. He likes to send it because he wants to hear us talk about Rico Suave. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Adrian Aviro Rico, 16 carries, 69 yards and a touchdown <laughs> district 11 calvert all over Buckholz 48 to nothing and walnut springs and the gap cranfield's gap and a doozy of a ball game walnut springs wins at 56 to 52 and finally in that district it was bluffdale over iridale 50 to 12 now
1: and that uh, walnut springs cranfield's gap that game didn't start till 8 30 because the refs couldn't get there wow so, the fans hung around, and and here's a cool story. Um, Michael and Dency were over at Mount Calm Copperal game, and so they I told them that the Cranfuls Gap game at Walnut Springs hadn't started yet. They were waiting for officials. Well, it was only twenty miles down the road, so they were able to get their game over with and run down the road and cover that game as well. Uh, wow! Dency took pictures. But, um, yeah, she said that was a great game. Great game.
0: Well, it sounds like it. And you talk about the referees. I saw a lot of that this week. I know they're in the big country. They were short. Like 20 officials needed to cover all the games that they were responsible for. So, And the six-man world with five officials on the field, that's four full games that they couldn't cover. It's uh, just a really tough thing going on there when it comes to officials. I know that we saw some maneuvering around in the Texas panel in the South Plains as well with referees. So it's just, I got to tell you, if you ever thought about being a referee, go out and try it. I really do think you would love it. And man, you can make some really good side money. It is a heck of a side hustle.
1: It really is. So we, and we need good ones. So get out there and, and if you happen to do that, give us a holler and we'll give you a shout out.
0: <laughs> well, and, and at the same time, if, if you're if you're the mom or dad, because it can be male or female out there, if you're the mom or dad who knows all the rules in the stands and you're letting the referees have it, hey, time to put your money where your mouth is. That's what I always say.
1: <laughs> That's right. That's right. If you're going to complain, get out there and, and help them do it. Volunteer, folks.
0: Exactly. On to region four and uh, looking at district 13 in a tight ball game. And I think injuries had a lot to do th- with this one. I saw some ugly things on Facebook, which I won't mention, but the fourth ranked Lorraine Bulldogs win this one 28 to eight over Blackwell. Uh, and also in that district, it was a brunt all over Trent 64 to seven. And like I said, we talked about it. I think injuries are really hurting the Bulldogs right now. But uh, if they get back to full health, that is a talented ball club there, the Bulldogs have. It is. District 14 in Region 4, Panther Creek over Morin, 41 to nothing, and Rising Star over Paint Rock, 50 to nothing. District 15, and uh, hey, this is, we're setting up for a heck of a matchup coming up. Blanket, the Tigers continue to do a good job. They beat Mullen 60 to Four. That's right. Another field goal in that one for that one, I think was 25 yards, if I remember correctly. Braden Day for the Tigers, 122 yards rushing, two touchdowns. Levi Vasquez, 117 yards rushing and uh, three touchdowns. And then Zephyr played Sydney on a Saturday. And that game came out in favor of the Bulldogs, 68 to 20. Jaden Milliken enjoyed that Saturday running. Uh, he thought he was in college. 285 yards rushing, six touchdowns, and 11 tackles. And Trip Ballard, 55 yards rushing and two touchdowns. And then finally, let's finish up in District 16. That's where two ranked teams sit at, and Richland Springs gets the hard-earned one nothing victory in their ball game over Brooksmith. Yes, that was a forfeit there. And then Cherokee, the Indians looking good under Coach White, all over Rochelle, 70 to 20. So the third-ranked Indians continue to roll. And man, I tell you what, you look at that region, you're talking about Richland Springs, Cherokee, and Lorraine sitting there. That is going to make for some really good playoff action when we get there.
1: Can't wait. And it's coming really quickly.
0: It is very much coming very quickly. So, uh, you know, that kind of wraps up things. All of our uh, teams that were undefeated stayed that way, so we still have six undefeated teams in Division One, four undefeated teams in Division Two. Um, so no changes there. Let's uh, before we get into our news and notes, uh, let's just kick on it real quick, Bobby, and let's look at the games coming up next week because there are some really good ones, and probably highlighted by the one we uh, touched on briefly, May at Jonesboro, and that just that is going to be a really good ball game.
1: Yeah, I can't wait. I cannot wait. It's going to be great. There, there are several like that.
0: There, there are. Uh, we talked about uh, District One in Division One, and uh, four teams, uh, fairly evenly matched. I still think Follette might be a little bit better than than the other three in that district. But uh, two more good battles: White Deer at Follette. White Deer now backs against the wall after the loss to McLean, so they've got to go up there and try to get a win. And then McLean goes on the road to take on Miami. Who knows what it's going to have this could be one of those districts where you look up and maybe the battle for second place is a coin flip I don't know we'll see how it works out but uh there's some really good action up there uh district uh, 7 that we talked about Rankin goes on the road to take on Borden County on paper I think Rankin's uh, fairly well favored in this one but I just think going into Borden County is not an easy place to play uh, the counts do a really good job there and It's just, you know, end of the day, you walk in, it is Borden County. So I think that one will be a good one as well. Valley at Knox City. When we talk about the Valley, you know, this is a team you and I thought might make it. We thought they had a really good shot to make the state semifinals. Let's just be honest. We thought it was going to come down probably to Valley or Happy uh, to, to take Region 1. Now Valley's fighting for a playoff lives, and they got to go on the road to take on a Knox City team that now is very much in the conversation to take Region 1. They've got injuries, Valley does, so backs against the wall. We'll see what Valley can do, but that is a tough road trip to make to Knox City to try and knock off the Greyhounds. They're in District 8. Westbrook goes on the road to take on uh, the Elder Goodwin uh, in Ira, and, you know, I think Westbrook's going to be a fairly heavy favorites in this one, but the Bulldogs playing really good football this year. I think that will be a tough one. And then also Buena Vista at Van Horn should be a great ball game as well.
1: Oh, that's going to be a good one. I wonder if we're going to have any behind the back basketball passes.
0: <laughs> well, I don't know, but uh You know, somebody will catch it. And if they do, we're going to put it up on the Backroads podcast so that you can see it. Just check out 1AFan.com and it is on the website. Everything that we talk about when we talk about videos, they're up there. Bobby does a great job of getting everything out there. So let's kind of turn to our news and notes. Um, I'm going to let you take the first one. I'm going to weigh in on the second one. So uh, the first one has to do with Coach Lindman and his white face football team.
1: Yeah, you know, it's not all about football, you know, go to school to get an education. And let me tell you, Whiteface, the football team there, they have nine football players who are a member of the Whiteface National Honor Society. You know, that's talk about smart on and off the field. So great job, gentlemen. Keep up the good work on and off the field. That's
0: incredible. That is amazing, and I'd imagine if you coach Clinton Lindman, he's probably a smart aleck sometimes. And if they run the play incorrectly, he's like, well, "Hang on, you guys are all really, really smart. Don't tell me you don't get this."
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. You got some, you got some good, good brains to work with there, and there's nine of them. So, so good
0: <laughs> job, guys. Uh, next note comes from a Cherokee and Rhody Ligan. The six foot four, how does he got it described in his Twitter page here? Six foot four, two hundred and eleven pound player uh for the Indians. And so two things came out of this ballgame against Rochelle. The first one is he kicked off, and for six man, it's got to be the longest kickoff I've ever seen. He boomed it, folks, through the uprights on the kickoff, about three quarters of the way up. It wasn't one of those just kind of doinked off the bottom. Oh no. It looked like he was up there set up for a field goal. He boomed that one through. Then we talk about him being a really good kicker. Uh, He kicks the ball to Rochelle. They field the ball, fumble it. Uh, Cherokee gets it advanced down the field. There was a battle for it. Guess who's sitting at the bottom of the pile in the end zone for an Indian touchdown? That's right. The six foot four, 211 Rody Lickin.
1: <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, you kick it off, you go down there, recover the fumble, get it into the end zone. I mean, what else can you ask of him?
0: You know, he came over the sideline and said, Coach, I'm done for today. I've done my yeoman's work.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's time to rest.
0: <laughs> now, now, finally, and, and I got to tell you, I saw this when it came out. And it is so Lehman. So we don't have Lehman's Six Man 101 episode this week. However, if you know Lehman, or if you think you know Lehman, or even if you maybe think you know Lehman, you will love this one. Bobby, take it away.
1: Oh, I have laughed about this for a long time. He grabbed on to someone, uh, some strange person out there in the Twitterverse. And the question the person asked was have you ever had a paranormal experience <laughs> <laughs> and of course Lehman he he can make anything about six-man football and that's what I love about him and so he writes this I saw Calvert come back from the dead in 2002 down 32 to nothing at halftime, the Calvert Trojans came back to win the state title game 5146 against Sanderson. And of <laughs> course, he was kind enough to post the link to the game along with that response.
0: Oh, that is that is so that is so lehman. I gotta tell you, you know, you can go on Twitter and you can see who all that you're following. Maybe that's what we should do is just go out there each week and, and take 10 names of who Lehman is following because lord knows what we might find there bobby
1: you know uh and it's <laughs> i just never know what he's gonna write but it's always very entertaining and i absolutely love it and i every single time my response is oh Lehman." <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh that is crazy well let's uh get out of football now and we'll drop down and talk about volleyball
1: hold on before we do that i forgot I did post the link to that Calvert and Sanderson State game on our webpage for the Backroads. So if you want to go watch Calvert come back from the dead in 2002 and have your own paranormal experience, go out to the webpage and you can watch that. It takes you to six-man films on YouTube.
0: Well, you know, Halloween is right around the corner, so what what better ways to get ready for it than to watch Calvert come back from the dead?
1: I'm telling you, my favorite (laughs) holiday.
0: Well, let's get it. Well, you know, and you talk about that before we leave football here. Halloween comes up, not this coming Monday, the following Monday. We always seem to have some really odd games leading into Halloween. You just wonder what we're going to be talking about next Sunday, because, you know, there's going to be some strange and wacky things going on.
1: Oh, yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait.
0: It'll be be, interesting.
1: It's going to be great.
0: So let's get out of football and we'll go to a volleyball. And uh, Fayetteville drops a spot to number two, and we have a new number one, and that is a very best, uh, very best. The Cardinals there in the top spot, and also Richards drops to number eleven, and Roundtop Carmine takes the number ten spot. So when you look at the top ten in this one, very best one Fayetteville two, Blum Chester Klondike round out the top five, followed by Netches. Dodd city, St. Joe, Rochelle and Roundtop Carmine in the top 10. And I'll tell you folks, we need help from our 1A friends when it comes to teams playing va- volleyball. Let us know as soon as district is set. We want to publish a list of the winners, the runners-up in the third place. It'll go on the 1A fan of volleyball webpage and obviously Bobby's going to have the spreadsheet of death out there as well so you can follow along and see what all is going on. But we need your help. Sometimes it's hard to get, especially when it comes to 1A volleyball, to get results and things that are going on. What we know so far, Van Horn is the district champ out of District 3. Rochelle is a district champion out of District 15. Evant out of District 16. St. Joe in District 17. And Dehennis in District 30. All district champs in a volleyball. But uh, we want to make sure everybody gets noticed and everybody sees what's going on. It's just not football at 1a it's everything volleyball included so we want to get that out there for you
1: yes definitely and let's not forget about band now you know how i go out and i um i guess the best way to put it is i stalk school facebook and twitter pages that way i can get information people are getting better about sending in information but for band, sometimes it's it, it, You know, they just post it on their site and go on. So these are the bands in 1A that I found from last weekend that was band competition that made straight ones. So if your band made a straight one, let us know. We'll give them a shout out next week. But these are the ones that I found when I was looking online on social media. Um, These 1A bands got straight ones. Baird, Bront, Claude eden Knox city mcdade petersburg santa Ana, spring lake earth and whiteface and like i said those are the only ones i know about that i could find so if you have more please please let us know
0: most definitely bands are really really important nothing's funner than to be at a six-man game when there's a band there because you don't always have it but when you do it just it it brings that element of excitement to friday night lights or thursday night lights or if you're zephyr in sydney saturday afternoon lights it doesn't matter it brings that flair to it and, and i love to see it obviously not every school can have a band but it is awesome to see and what i think is really cool about 1a when you talk about bands typically these are kids that are in sixth seventh and eighth grade also playing with the high school band and so i just That to me is awesome because that involves the school more and more. Those kids are getting to go on those trips that they wouldn't take at a bigger school. They're getting to cheer on the varsity team and feel like they're a part of that high school action. I just think that's fantastic.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. And uh, one cool thing was Stephen Reynolds was at the Rotan Highland game and Highland doesn't have a band, but I understand they have twirlers and he said that they did a fantastic job performing at halftime.
0: Awesome. That is that is great to hear. So let's get out of uh, band. We're going to go to – let's go to cross country next, Bobby. And uh, your, one of your favorites, and that is regional cross country, is coming up. And that is going on this week, uh, Monday and Tuesday. And when you look at the latest rankings on uh, cross country, on the girls' side – it is uh, dominated there by Region 1. Jaden and Naz uh, hold down the top two spots, followed by Buena Vista, Run TMC, otherwise known as McMullen County, Spring Lake Earth, led by uh, a, a superhuman athlete. Eula, Woodson, Milligrove, Roby, and Marfa uh, round out the top ten on the girls' side. And on the boys' side, Jaden, they're ridiculously good. Saltillo, Slidell, Run TMC, Milligrove, Sands, Fayetteville, Comstock, areon county and eula so regional cross country coming up it is tuesday remember and i always forget this so here's a reminder for you the top four teams and the top 10 individuals not on a qualifying team will qualify for the uil state meet and that can get kind of confusing so if your son or daughter finishes let's say 19 but there are enough athletes on teams who qualify for state ahead of your son or daughter guess what they're making the trip to state too, which is so cool. I'll be stalking
1: the results page and I'll get that stuff out there as soon as I can.
0: And stalking you doing, you're really good at it. So remember top four teams, top 10 individuals, region one going on at May Simmons park in Lubbock where they get to battle the hill there, uh, 12, 10 PM for the girls and then 12 40 PM for the boys region two going on at Angelo state at nine and nine 35 in the morning. Region 3 at Lynn Creek Park in Grand Prairie, that one's at 1210 and 1240 as well. And then Region 4 at Texas A&M Corpus Christi, that one kicks off 1140 and 1210. Can't wait to see those times and who qualifies. And you know what I'm looking for? I'm looking to see if anybody is within a whisker of Tatum Goodman at Spring Lake Earth because to me, if you're within a minute of her, you're pretty good.
1: I, I agree with that definitely i i do the same thing i'm like okay how close did they get to her but you know if the the same pattern holds true from from year to year she always runs faster at regional than she does district and then she runs faster at state than she does the previous two competitions
0: here's the scary part she's just a junior bobby we do this again next year with tatum goodness i know
1: i feel like she's been in high school for years and I'm sure her competitors feel that way as well.
0: <laughs> oh, no, no, nothing more daunting than looking up and going, I am a really good cross country runner. Oh, yeah, but there is Tatum. Okay, <laughs> never mind.
1: <laughs> you know, regions two, three, and four are happy that region one has Tatum.
0: You know, you know that they are.
1: But it makes for some really good competition because she's just such a great runner.
0: Oh, she is. she is. and she's not she's not flashy or daunting about it whatsoever. She's very quiet. she's um,
1: humble. She, yes. and she's just she's she, and she'll just smile. She, you oh, know, yeah, just a little
0: smile the The funny thing is is I really think Tatum could take and run the girls and then uh, turn right around and go run the boys three mile and probably qualify.
1: oh, I'm sure she could because uh, well, yeah, because. Well, when we're not, I know that after cross country last year, she went and ran a five mile, three mile, something like that. And they were as fast as the boys times. (laughs) I mean, I'm telling you, she, she sprints the entire thing.
0: Yes. Yeah, no, she definitely does do that. (laughs) Well, let's finish up with a basketball. Yes, that round ball thing that uh, a lot of teams are going to be moving on to in a couple of weeks uh, as we head into uh, the playoffs for football. And uh, TABC brought out their preseason poll of the top 25. And, Bobby, uh, you've got it listed on the 1afan.com basketball page. I'm going to let you go through these, the top 10 teams for the girls and boys.
1: Yes. uh, You know, after school practice, Started for the girls this past week and boys start, I believe, this coming Wednesday, right?
0: That sounds right.
1: Yeah, I, th- I believe so. It's TABC got that preseason top 25 poll out once basketball season begins. They usually update that poll every Monday. Um, that probably won't start until mid November. So keep your eye o- out there. We'll make sure that you know about it every week. And so for the girls, here's the top 10. They do have the top 25 out there, uh, but we're just going to do the top 10. Number one is Sands, followed by Huckabee, then Nazareth. Number four is Netches, followed by Hermaley and Borden County. Number seven is Slidell, followed by Robert Lee, Dodd City, and then Moulton. And on the boys' side, the top 10. Number one, Grayford, two, Lorenzo, three, Arian County, followed by Calvert, Jayton, and McMullen County at number six. And then to round out the last four, we have Dodd City, Nazareth, Slidell, and Eula.
0: Well, it's hard to believe we're already talking about basketball and uh, you look at it, you know, you look at the girl side, no surprise really in any names there. Those are names that you, you typically hear. We've heard about over the last few years on the boys side, Lorenzo is a surprise name in there. That's not one we've heard, but, uh, I know that, you know, that was a pretty solid Hornets team last year. Uh, they've had several move in. So, uh, they're, they're in the top 10, but, uh, one team that might be a little underranked on there, the Jaden Jaybirds J are for real. And, uh, coach Blacker does a fantastic job. So, uh, Watch out for Jaden there in basketball.
1: You know, they still have the Williams kid. He's incredible.
0: Well, they're they're awfully good at basketball. Like, I, said, I saw them in the summer and uh yeah, I, I think they might be a little bit underranked, but uh you know, time will tell. We'll we'll see how everything uh, pans out.
1: Oh, and you know that Ryan Blacker, he's he's happy as as he's just pleased as punch with that because they're flying under the radar a little bit
0: they are one team that's not in the top 10 that surprised me a little bit they're just on the outside of it is text line that's a team that's been there near the top for a while they did lose two uh standouts uh but that's still a talented team coming back i would imagine coach beckner will have them ready to go as well and probably happy to be sitting outside the top 10 as well
1: oh definitely
0: well that's going to wrap it up for us bobby here uh Look back at week nine in football, getting ready for week 10. So much going on. Volleyball playoffs coming up. Cross-country regional meet on Tuesday. Uh, Band just had competition. Basketball, we're already talking top 25. Hard to believe. Halloween is right around the corner. (laughs) Before you know it, it's going to be November, and we're going to be deep in football playoffs, and I just cannot wait
1: i'm telling you there's a lot going on there is one week in november where i rarely get sleep because we've got so much going on at the same time volleyball playoffs uh football basketball uh, cross-country region i mean like you said it's all going on at the same time but there is one week in there that i i feel like i just am chained to my computer (laughs) and you know what i wouldn't have it any other way
0: Folks, I promise you, she 100 percent means that from the bottom of the heart. She would have no other way than that. Well that's gonna wrap it up for us here on the Backroads Podcast. I'm Craig Spree with the Happy Sports Network. And I'm Bobby Brown with Texas 1A Fan. Remember, go forward and do
2: good.